what we want for we don't always get, but what we yearn for. If we go to our integrity, we will receive. 100%. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Let me ask you, have you ever thought about the true meaning of the word integrity? Like not what pops up on Google when you Google the definition, but the weight and the power that it holds in your personal life and what it means to be and live with integrity. Martha Beck spent a decade at Harvard before becoming a life coach, and her primary mission, passion, and only real interest is the elimination of human suffering by any means available. She's a multiple New York Times bestselling author and a coach known and respected around the world. Martha is here to lead us into the exploration of integrity, the meaning, and the weight that it holds its impact on business and life, as well as share her own experiments that helped her understand integrity in an entirely new way. Imagine not telling a single lie for an entire year. Well, Martha shares that experience too. It's an honor to host Martha Beck on the Gold Digger podcast. Let's dive into this conversation on integrity. Thanks to Gusto for supporting the Gold Digger podcast. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll and benefits to small businesses across the country. They were even named Best Online Payroll by PC Meg. Get three months free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com slash gold digger. Thanks to Hooked on Phonics for supporting Gold Digger. Hooked on Phonics helps kids learn to read with their unique process of utilizing hands-on learning materials shipped to your home every month in combination with their digital reading app. To get your first month for just $1, go to hookedonphonics.com slash gold digger. Hi, Martha. Welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Oh, I am just so inspired about your story. And I would love for you to just kind of start at the beginning. I think it helps set the stage for what we're going to cover today. And so I want to know, like, what was the path that you envisioned for yourself and kind of what led you to where you are today? Such a loaded question, but I know oh, you got yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> I was born on a snowy day now. <laughs> So I, I was born into a family that was very, very Mormon. In fact, my father was a big cheese in the Mormon church, and I lived in the most Mormon place of all the places in the world. I'll let you guess which <laughs> state I was in. And my father was also a professor. So I grew up thinking, be a really good Mormon and be a professor. So at 17, I went off to Harvard, and I got three degrees there. And I was like gunning for the top high achiever. Halfway through my PhD program, I'd gotten married, had a baby, and then my second child was diagnosed with Down syndrome at almost six months pregnant. So I had like two weeks to decide whether to terminate very, very late or not. And I'm very pro-choice. I do not think this is the right answer for everyone, but in my heart, I was already bonded to the baby. Mm -hmm. So instead of thinking, oh, this can't be. Now, all my advisors told me, you're throwing your career away. The doctors at the Harvard University Health Services 
told me it was like having a malignant tumor and not letting mm. them take it out. Ugh. And yet at 25, Mormons marry and very young at very early ages. At 25, I was like, wait a second. Like my heart did not agree with the authorities to such a degree that I said, I will pay no attention to the authorities. And I had Mm. my baby who turned out to be uh, so central and beautiful to my life. And everything in my life changed when I had him because I had gone against the conventional wisdom of my culture. But I was really scarred. So I went back to Utah where everyone would agree with my choice. And there I discovered that I didn't believe in Mormonism. And so I quit. It actually all came came down to one New Year's Eve where I made a resolution not to lie for an entire year. Wow. And I was doing this because my whole experience having this baby had made me think there's something more to our lives than just the material. And I was sick. I was miserable. I was depressed. I was anxious. And the more I tried to achieve, the worse it would get. But people told me the truth would set me free. So I thought, okay, no lies for a year. So in the next year, (laughs) from the inside, my depression lifted, my many physical illnesses healed. I became better at everything I was trying to do. From the outside, I either left or walked away from my religion, therefore my family of origin and all my friends from before the age of 17, realized I was gay. Yes, that happened. So there there went my marriage, quit my job, wasn't for me, quit academia, the only thing I had possibly been trained for, and also lost my home, fled Utah for other places. So it looked like I had basically burned down my life. And I had, but one of my advisors at Harvard said, you're throwing your life away. And he was absolutely right. But the life I threw away was making me so miserable. And the Mm -hmm. life I got instead is so beautiful and has been. And that's what put me on the course. I, I was still teaching a little and the students started asking me to just consult with them outside of class. And the next thing I knew, I was a life coach. Whoever thought of that? So no, I did not end up even remotely where I thought I would. Good Mormon professor. No, <laughs> lesbian freelance entrepreneur. And <laughs> try <Wow>. that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm so curious, like as you started, I think you have this really strong theme, obviously of with integrity, but also with intuition. Mm. I want to hear you kind of describe your journey and your relationship with intuition, because I think for so many, specifically women, it's almost like we turn the dial down on our intuition and we turn the noise up of the world of telling us what to do and who to be and how to do more and hustle harder. What has your relationship with intuition looked like throughout this process? Okay. So intuition, one of the things that happened to me when I was pregnant with my son, and one of the reasons I did not choose to terminate is that right in the middle of a very like academic scientific milieu, I started having psychic experiences. I couldn't put it any other way. And they went down a lot after he was born, but a trace of them remained. And I became really curious about that. Like I could Mm -hmm. see things that were happening to loved ones when they were half a world away and stuff like that. So my intuition started to become a really big uh, source of fascination for me. But you can create a lot of things if you just focus on magic, you just focus on miracles. And a lot of 
like really amazing things happen to me. But without, unless they bring joy, mystical experiences are basically not any different from any other experience. So at a certain point I did this, uh, the truth will set you free. I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to be in integrity. And that is not a moralizing word. It just means intact and whole. Yeah. So when you get, you're born in your true nature and you're just one thing intact and whole, then you get pressured by other people and you divide, you abandon yourself to become someone who would please others. At that point, you're not in integrity. You're split. You're two things, which is duplicity. So that happened to me massively. Obviously, I was way out of integrity when I was a Mormon Harvard student. So I just decided a few years ago, I'm going to do this integrity thing down to the ground. I'm really going to try to live in harmony with my true self, that there really is no other option for me. When I did this, Jenna... (laughs) The intuition, the magic, the miracles went off the freaking Mm. charts. And I was not going for that. I was just trying to be honest and consistent and harmonious with my deepest sense of truth. And I, I mean, crazy magic and miracles started happening. And I was just like, you know what? The secret is absolutely true. What you think comes true, except if that were true on the surface, all of us would win the lottery, right? What I realized is that everything you think comes true when you're in harmony with your true self. Wow. Can I tell you one oh, more thing? Yes, please. So I feel like I'm talking too much, but I get very no. excited. So I went around, uh, I've been around the world coaching zillions of people in all walks of life, beggars, billionaires, prisoners, all kinds of things. And I look for what puts them most deeply into peace and joy. And if you say out loud, so there's this thing in the book, I call it the ring of truth. When you say something that's not true for you, your whole body reacts immediately. Mm -hmm. Muscle tension, stress hormones, reduced immune function. When you say something that's true for you, everything relaxes and gets better. So if you just say out loud or in your head the phrase, I am meant to live in peace, (laughs) like just say it for yourself right now. I am meant to live in peace. So anyone listening, just say that. You can feel yourself sort of coming into focus. Like there's, there's a sense of that actually is true. So this is what I think. We're all meant to live in peace. So when we ask for miracles and we ask for stuff and we ask for fun and love and everything else, the universe immediately answers yes and sends us the gift immediately. But it always sends it to our real home address, which is mm. peace. It never sends it to desperation. Because why would it want us to stay there? It wants us to stay in peace. So when you go into integrity, so peace is our home. Integrity is our way to it. And everything we long for meets us there. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I am just blown away by thinking about your journey and you know, nowadays, and and Martha, I'm curious to hear what you think about this, but nowadays with everything being so broadcast online and, you know, people living with these highlight reels and, and you're talking about kind of this time before all of that, where from the outside looking in your, your world was combusting because of your decisions and staying true and honorable to your integrity. Do you think that you would have had the guts to do do all of that if people were looking in? Have you ever thought about that? Oh, 
I think about it all the time. I mean, all of us are preoccupied with what other people are thinking about us, yeah. even though we don't know what they're thinking. So uh, mm-hmm. I like to say we're, we're obsessed with our fantasies about other people's fantasies about us. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I, I kind of went a step further. I left Mormonism, but I'd also been sexually abused by my father, and he was a big cheese in the church, right? So 10 years after I left... I felt sort of morally compelled to write a book about my experience, but also how any sort of fundamentalism binds people to things that aren't right for them and corrodes our lives and makes our relationships weird and makes people crazy, frankly. So I wrote a book about Mormonism and leaving Mormonism. And I knew for a fact that I was going to get pushback. I mean, I grew up around these people and there are, most of them are wonderful, but there's a significant lunatic fringe. So as soon as the galleys went out, I started to get death threats. I started to get threats against my children. Someone killed all the plants in my yard. I had to have bodyguards when I went on my book tour. It was pretty crazy. And I fully expected to be killed. And my family told me they were going to have me put in prison, that I'd never see my children again. It was pretty aggressive disapproval. It was kind of the opposite of people pleasing. Yeah. (laughs) So I've really faced like, and I'm a people pleaser. That was my my family would say, she just lies all the time. She'd say anything to make anybody happy. And I'm like, but I'm not making you happy. (laughs) Yeah. So you can get pushback and you actually will. If your true nature matches what your culture is telling you, your culture, your family culture, your ethnic culture, your national culture, whatever, then everything goes swimmingly. But when your nature takes you away from your culture, culture will fight you. And the people who are attached to that culture will disapprove. They will fight you. So like, I'm not religious, but in the Bible, I think Jesus said, what would it profit a person if they gained the whole world and lost their Mm -hmm. own soul? Yeah. And I really, I really got to the point where if I wasn't willing to put my life on the line, I was going to lose my soul. And Mm -hmm. that wasn't an option. So I wrote the book and again, it just set me free at, at higher, deeper, more wonderful levels. And ended up being profoundly positive. That's what the truth always does. Yeah. I want to know because you never planned on becoming an entrepreneur, right? Like that was Mm -hmm. never on your vision board. It it wasn't something that you thought of. And so how does integrity play a role for you as you were forming and building this amazing business? What has that looked like? Because so many entrepreneurs tune in here and integrity is, is such a big piece of not just starting a business, but being able to run it for a long time. Yeah. Oh, gosh, you're so right. I tell people it's like having a huge baby that never sleeps. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, I was teaching, as I said, I was teaching business school and people started hiring me outside of class. And I ended up writing, I'm very introverted. So I wanted them to go away. So I wrote a book that had everything I knew in it about how to live a good life. And since I'd come from such a such a miserable place. And I'd worked my way toward happiness. I really sort of knew the steps that I was talking about. And as a result, my plan backfired horribly and I got more and more clients. (laughs) And I was like, okay, what do I do now? So 
it ended up being there were too many clients to to just handle as a one-on-one practitioner. So I I started training people to do what I did so that there would be more people around me. And one of them who has a a really successful coaching business of her own now, she sat down with me at lunch one day when we were doing a seminar and she said, why aren't you making a lot more money? And I was like, I don't think about money very much. And she said, look at this. And literally on a napkin, just like the old cliche goes, she said, here's how you can do this with a $150 website template and ideas for four products. You could start a business right now. And I looked at the napkin and I was like, by George, I think she's got it. (laughs) I went home, I got the $150 template I put up my website. We went into the black the first day and have never been out of it. But as we've grown, I've made a lot of hiring and firing mistakes. I've hired people for the wrong reasons, like because they were desperate and needed my help or, you know, just things that weren't wise for the business. And it always blew up in my face. And part of my integrity cleanses over the years, I do these things called integrity cleanses where I don't it's not about lying. I don't lie very much in the first place, but it's about making sure everything is in integrity. So talking to every one of my clients and say, or my coworkers on my little team and saying, are you happy? Are you in your own integrity? Is this working for you? How could I make it better? How could the system work better? Just constantly bringing things into higher and higher levels of wholeness. So integrity, like if an airplane is in structural integrity, it can fly anywhere. And that just means all its parts are healthy and working in harmony with each other. If those parts fall out of integrity, the plane may crash, right? Mm -hmm. So what I learned to do is get, made sure I found the best people I possibly could. And then I'm constantly tuning the machine so that it can stay in the air. And at first it was a huge job and now it's really not. Oh, touch wood. It's really not (laughs) as much work because the machine's working. Yeah, it just flies. So I want to know because you said something and it it really caught my attention. But you said, you know, when when you've made the wrong decisions, and I think so many entrepreneurs have made so many mistakes. And we're like, oh, how many times of those big mistakes have you known deep down, like your intuition was telling you to do something differently or go the other way and you didn't listen? Because I think a lot of times our intuition can can really be that voice in our life. But when it comes to business, we look for like solid information, strategies, blueprints, all right. these things. And it's easy, especially as women, for us to lose that touch that we have with intuition and so has that been a theme for you when you've noticed that you've made mistakes that maybe you weren't leaning on your intuition as strongly as you should have been? Well, I would say only always. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time. Yes. My, I call it my integrity. It's that sense of truth that's deep inside you that tells mm-hmm. you this is reality. What you dreamt last night isn't as real as this. <sighs> and every single time, and I ask this of, I've asked this of hundreds of clients who've had bad relationships, bad business decisions. I said, when did you know in your gut? Yeah. And they say, I knew the moment I was doing it, I knew yep. it. And so this is another reason I wrote this book, because when you strip away everything that's not integrity, your intuition becomes the, it becomes the driver of all your actions and you come to trust it because you're not mixing it up with all these weird cultural messages that aren't really you. So it gets very strong and very pure and very clear. And that's why, you know, it, it just, it has been the 
biggest asset in business for me because my intuition is like a huge neon sign now. Yes. Yes. I love that we're talking about this because I often find myself sitting at tables with with really successful businessmen. And as like a young mom, female from Minnesota, Mm. one of the things that I think is my strongest benefit is my intuition. Uh And I think too, in so much of of business and, and strategy and growth and all of these things, when we can really lean in to what I call our gut game, like what does my gut say? What's my gut game telling me? I think that it helps us to really define success on our own terms. You know, there's so many things we could be doing or that we could always do more or things like that. And so I think this conversation is so valuable because women sometimes need to be told, like you can trust yourself, you know, isn't that crazy? It's not crazy at all. I've been, in fact, people ask me, what's the one piece of advice you would give above all others? And I always quote the German poet Goethe, who said, when you trust yourself, you will know how to live. And I think it's not just women who have intuition. Men have a lot of it, but they can also rely on a patriarchal system Mm -hmm. that favors them, right? So maybe they just allow themselves to go with the cultural current. Women are already, I mean, as a woman with a business and children, you know how hard that is. Like, If you don't go on your gut, if you try to use the old systems, not only will the old boy network not let you succeed very well, but it'll ruin your life with your children. That's what I found out. I had three kids, you know, really close together and then trying to start a business with them. A lot of my techniques for how to make your life happier came from the incredible like math problem of how to make your life work with children and business. Yes. And so, yeah, women, I think, are ahead because we we don't have that superstructure that men can rely on. Yeah. One of my favorite, favorite things that you talk about, Martha, is the difference between a want and a yearning. Can Mm -hmm. you walk me through that? Because I think it is so powerful. Yeah. I, you know, I've had the privilege of coaching a lot of people who have everything anyone could want. You know, they've yes. got so much money. They've got people, you know, adoring them. They're world famous. And I'm sure there are people in that situation who are happy, but the ones that come to me are not. And I had this one guy who I wrote about this in the book. He made, I think, $200 million, $400 million in one day from selling his company. And he had this huge party to celebrate. And he called me at three in the morning and there was this rock band live, some famous rock band (laughs) playing in the room. And he's screaming into the phone. He's obviously very drunk. It isn't enough. When is it effing going to be enough? And ironically, the only thing that had ever made him happy was hiking. (laughs) But he wouldn't go hiking. He just kept making more money thinking that's the way to do it. That's what the culture tells us. It tells us a truth and a lie, as the saying goes. The truth is, if you're starving and cold, a warm room and a bowl of soup will make you happier. The lie is, if you're starving and cold, 10 different rooms and 10 bowls of soup will not necessarily make you happier than one room and one bowl of soup. So that helped me set my, when I heard that, it made me set my sights on getting to the point of joy in my life and not being obsessed with growth for its own sake. Yeah. Top 10 coolest experiences as a parent is watching your kid learn. 
watching Coco's mind working to sound out new words and letters is so much fun. Hooked on Phonics helps kids learn to read with their unique process of utilizing hands-on learning materials shipped to your home every month in combination with a digital reading app. To start off, you get unlimited access to their powerful reading app. Then, to reinforce the skills they're building there, workbooks are sent monthly to give your child hands-on practice. I've partnered with Hooked on Phonics, and they're offering your first month for just $1. Head to hookedonphonics.com slash golddigger. Now, Coco is young, yes, but the pre-reader steps are introducing her to lowercase letters with rhyming games and flashcards. And watching her confidence grow with each new letter is just so special. Give your child the confidence that reading brings with Hooked on Phonics. To get your first month for just $1, go to hookedonphonics.com slash golddigger. That's just $1 for your first month by going to Hooked on Phonics, P-H-O-N-I-C-S dot com slash golddigger. When you decided to expand your team, you also expanded your responsibilities as a business owner, and that's often a new level of stress. Listen, if you're stressed about all the payroll and HR elements of running your business, then try Gusto. I've teamed up with Gusto, and they're offering you three months free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com slash golddigger. Gusto is an easy online payroll benefits and HR platform built for modern small businesses with all the management tools you need in one spot. Gusto automatically files and pays all state, local, and federal payroll taxes, plus the fast, easy-to-run Payroll includes W-2s and 1099s for your team, as well as tools to manage health benefits, 401ks, and more for almost any budget. On average, running payroll with Gusto takes just 11 minutes, and you'll get three months for free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com slash golddigger. That's three months for free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com slash golddigger. So walk me through, I just resonated with this so deeply. The four common things that people yearn for. Because oh, I yeah, think I forgot that, all about the yearning. <laughs> no, this is perfect. I think that for so often when you think of things like vision boards or, you know, we're scrolling Instagram or Pinterest and looking at all these perfect things and happiness is not an exponentially grown thing. You don't you don't experience double the happiness when you make double the money. And so talk to right. me about this, because I think that especially after the last year, you know, if I think of your story and that personal turmoil you found yourself in when you really started leaning into that, I think that there has been this beautiful awakening over the last year while the world collectively went through something together. It was like the first time the world was experiencing something. Right. And I feel like when I think about what you talk about in the middle of the night, so many people, I could just close my eyes and feel people all across the world sharing these thoughts. So talk to me about this. So, and thank you for bringing me back to the question. I just sort of bounced off after a squirrel. I do have ADD. (laughs) I've literally followed squirrels out of business meetings. (laughs) Yeah. I really noticed early on that there's a difference between what we want, 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 which is almost always money, 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 and it's never enough, enough, enough. And what we actually deeply in our hearts yearn to experience. So I always say to people, make a list of things you want. And they list a house and a car and a lover and whatever. And then I say, okay, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to sleep, what do you yearn for? And almost everyone from the very poor clients that I've had to the richest say, I yearn 
for peace. I yearn for freedom, for love, for belonging. So there are four, peace, freedom, love, and joy. And when I start asking them to list all the things that bring them peace, freedom, love, and joy, they invariably make me a list of things that don't cost any money. Yes. And what I've found is that, you know, the way your presents are waiting for you in peace, you get a lot of the stuff you ask for. Don't get me wrong. I've had the experiences and the, and the objects that I lusted after in my life. They all met me once I, I went to peace, but I didn't get everything I wanted because not everything I wanted was true for me. I wanted tenure in a big college and I, that would have been horrible for me. So what we want for, we don't always get, but what we yearn for if we go to our integrity, we will receive hundred percent. I think that's so beautiful. And I think that so many of us have been, you know, asking those hard questions in the dead of the night. And I think that, you know, looking at this last year and, and kind of having that pause button hit for us, right? Uh, where you've been given this opportunity to really pause and and to take kind of an inventory of what's working and what's not working right. and what do we need more of and i just think it's such a beautiful reset because how many of us go through life and we're like when things slow down or you know exactly. i'll get around to this and it's like okay here's your slowdown and so i just right. i think that's so powerful because i think when we strip back all the layers and we take back the shiny and we stop with the highlight reels, I think what's real is what connects us. And I think that that's so beautiful yeah. today. Yeah. Pascal said, all our misery comes from the fact that we are unable to sit quietly alone in a room. <laughs> wow. And all over the world, people were forced to do that. And what comes up at those points is what's really working in my life and in the world, what's really not working in my life and in the world. Yeah. So we're in this incredible, in fact, I'm creating a, a little curriculum right now for a six-week program that we'll launch this summer about how do you take the shambles of what your culture was, the way yeah. we used to live. It's all been broken up in pieces, right? Yeah. How do you take the pieces and reconfigure them into something that is absolutely ideal for you? Instead yeah. of going back to the way things were done before COVID and certainly not always keeping the way things are done during the lockdown, but there are positives and negatives to both. Take the positives, construct something new. That is the essence of all creativity. And this is an incredible opportunity to, to create something instead of just being passive floaters in culture, right? Yeah. I think that's a perfect segue because I want to circle back to your story. Mm -hmm. And what was it like when you decided to kind of blow up your current life and, and leave it behind? How did you put those pieces together and, and what did it feel like in the process? Because as we look at, at the world today, I think so many people are in that rebuilding stage yes. that we just spoke of. Yes. So I know it probably wasn't all sunshine and daisies, but walk me through that because it's an easy part to skip in this story. But that messy middle, I yeah. think, is just where a lot of people find themselves today. This this is exactly, this is so fun because it's exactly what I was writing this morning about the curriculum. <sighs> What you have to be able to do is to go into something that I'm calling the creativity mindset. And this whole course is about you have like to create anything, to create a pot holder or to create a new society. You mm -hmm. have to get into this place in the mind and literally in the brain. I just 
talked to Jill Bolte-Taylor, the woman who, have you seen her TED Talk? She lost like half her brain to a stroke and then built it back. Yes. She she experienced this period of time when she was using the right side of her brain because the left one was offline. And our culture pushes us to the analytical and the left side of the brain, language, logic, or reason. On the right side, the right side of the brain is doing something called synthesizing, which isn't making something synthetic. It means recombining things in novel ways. Mm. And one thing you can do, if you want to take a tiny, tiny example of this right now today, just make a list of things you've got to do today. So what are three things you're planning to do today, Jenna? I'm doing three more interviews. I'm putting my daughter down for her nap and we are definitely taking a bath to wipe off all the markers that are all over her body. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So as you think of doing these interviews and you don't have to tell us who they are, how do you respond in your body and your heart to each one? Is it exactly the same or does, is the energy a little different between these different people? It's different. It's absolutely different. Okay. So you take the one that you enjoy the most and you say, that's on the track to my best life. The ones that are, so say you you get a plus 10 on the happy meter from your favorite person to interview and the other person's of plus eight. It's not as great, but it's okay, but it's not great. Some people have negative tens, like I'm going to my job and I hate it. And it's a negative 10. What you want to do wherever you are in your life is inch your way toward happier, Hmm. just in small steps. Research shows, I mean, my way was way too drastic. And in the book, (laughs) I'm very gradual, but what could you do to make the, like, so choose, don't say it out loud, but choose in your mind, the interview that excites you the least. Yeah. Okay. Now, is there anything you could do during that interview to make it more interesting for you? Well, even today I'm standing and recording so that my presence is just a little bit different because I'm pregnant and got to keep that energy up. So I wanted to shift the environment a little bit to keep my energy going. Brilliant. Oh my God, you just reminded me when I was recording the audiobook, <laughs> The Way of Integrity, I was starting to not like doing it. My voice yeah. was getting hoarse and whatever. And then I started waving my arms around along oh, this yes. isolation. <laughs> and immediately my voice loosened up. So I was sitting there like a maniac. I mean, it was yep. all COVID, right? So I never even <laughs> saw the, the director. I'm in this booth by myself, just waving my arms like mad because it made my whole voice opened up when I did that. So like weird stuff like that can come in to shift, like you you can shift your environment to make this least interesting interview a little more interesting, right? Does that sound doable? Yeah, absolutely. So that means it's closer to your integrity to do it that way. The way we experience integrity is as wholeness, joy, delight in the body, heart, mind, and soul. So you just make, I call them one degree turns. If you're flying an airplane 10,000 miles and every couple of hours you shift one degree north, you won't even really notice the difference, but the plane will end up in a very different place. Yes. So just make a few one degree turns, just a little, and do it every day. 
and just watch what that. happens. I love that it's just this gradual. You know, I mm-hmm. think so often we we want to make these drastic changes and then we feel guilt and shame around our inability to follow through on them, right? right. Like how many of us are on that cycle where it's like I'm never going to eat another carb in my life and then right. by 3 p.m. we're digging in and then we feel terrible about ourselves and yeah. I love the gradualness because I think that that is something that we often underestimate and always say, I mean, I talk to myself as if I'm a, a stray animal or something like, okay, I'm going to do this today. Oh, that feels a little hard to you. Okay. And and like, I'll say, I could get up early and do that. And then my wiser self comes in and says, you know what? Probably not. You know, you know how it goes when you don't rest enough. Yeah. So there's this wisdom that you get from your, inte- I keep saying integrity because that's how I label it. But there's a wisdom that comes from it. Call it your higher self. And if you remember the beginning of Eat, Pray, Love, it's where Liz Gilbert is crying her eyes out on the bathroom floor because she doesn't want to be married. And a voice says to her, Liz, go back to bed. And the reason she knows it's divine is that it doesn't give her a plan for the next six years. It just takes care of her in that moment. Mm. And that kind of love for yourself will take you to bed when you need to rest, but it will take you into very strong action when it's time to act. And you can trust it. Get really in touch with your deepest truth and you will have more wiser rest and more energized play Mm. and everything should be one or the other right i know that's a before we hit record you said something about how you want to rest until you're ready to play and play until you're ready to rest and i think man like what a beautiful narrative in this world that is always telling us to do more and that we're not doing enough and i think that that in and of itself is just a message that we all need in that reminder Yeah. I I mean, I know this is gold diggers and my goal is to live in such a way that all I ever do is rest until I feel like playing and play until I feel like resting. And I don't do it flawlessly yet, but let me tell you, I am a hell of a lot closer to it than I used to be. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I want to know, since we've been kind of speaking about intuition and integrity and and these voices and, and, you know, just kind of getting in tune with ourselves, one of the questions that I get asked so much, and I actually think it's just the perfect question for you is talk to me about imposter syndrome because we have these voices that can tell us to go back to bed or or to turn this offer down or it's the not right thing. But so many women are captivated with this idea and with the reality of imposter syndrome. Right. And I want to know how that plays a role in your life, specifically as you've taken on these new identities and, and grown your career and your family and everything around that. Whenever you do something that's wrong for you, it's usually serving a belief. So a belief like I must always work. Yeah, that could be useful in some settings, but if it's taken to excess, it becomes a torment and you may not even know that it's a belief you have. It just drives you because you got it from your culture. So when you have like, I don't know, have you ever had imposter syndrome, Jenna? Absolutely. All the time. Okay. So tell me a few of the things that pop into your mind verbally when you're feeling like an imposter. 
who am I to do this? Why would they choose me? What uh-huh. experiences do I have that make me qualified for this? I mean, I so, go on and on. <laughs> under those questions yeah. is a fear. I'm not qualified for this. Yeah. I'm not the right person to be doing this. No one would choose me, right? Yep. Yep. Those are the beliefs driving the imposter syndrome. Now, sit with the thought, no one, I am not qualified for this. Okay. Hold it in yeah. your mind the way you'd hold an object in your hands. I am not qualified to be doing this. You got it? Yep. What are you feeling in your body as you hold that thought in your mind? Just scan your body. Don't try to change anything. Just notice. Mm-hmm. What are you feeling? Guilt and I'm like downtrodden. You kind of slump. Where are you feeling it? In your shoulders? On your mm-hmm. back? Yep. Okay. And it feels like what? How would you describe the sensation physically? Heavy. Yeah. Okay. Now, that is a signal from your body and your heart and your soul that that belief is not true. And the way we fall out of integrity is to think something is true, to truly believe it's true, when in fact our deeper self knows that it's false. Mm. So, and the book kind of takes you through how to un chain yourself from that. But if I were to ask you right now to just entertain the thought, I don't know if you can do it. Most people can't do it without a little bit of work, but maybe you can. Imagine that you wake up in bed tomorrow and you've had a tiny stroke in the night. I mean, it's not noticeable. The only effect it had was to make you unable to think the thought, I am not qualified for this. So you can't remember that thought. You can't imagine that thought. It's gone. It just never existed for you. So you wake up in the morning, you stretch, and you cannot have that thought. How does your body change when you go there? So you feel calm. Yeah. Now, from this place of no belief, where you just release the false belief, you will begin to discover by your own experience, and you already have, by your own experience, that you are very qualified to do what you're doing. So if you can hold that thought, you know, the evidence shows I'm good at this. Tell me how that feels in your body. Like joy. There you go. Where does it manifest in your body? I feel like in my chest. And what is it like? What does it feel like to start like describing me radiating out? <laughs> radiating suddenly. That's integrity. That's the truth. And what mm. was rattling around in there, I'm not good enough for this. That was like a foreign object that got tossed into the engine and that'll blow up your life unless you get mm. rid of it. But what you just did is enough to get rid of it. And if you go through every thought that causes you suffering, your mind gets clearer and clearer and clearer and life starts to line up more and more beautifully and you end up feeling better than you ever thought you could feel. And then you'll think, I don't deserve this. And then you'll say, that's not true either because it feels horrible. And you'll let go of that too. (laughs) That is so beautiful. Oh, Martha, this has been incredible. I am so grateful for this conversation. Me too. Oh, tell me. Okay. Tell everyone where can they connect with you and learn more from you and get your book and your other books and just become a part of your community that you're building. Yay. Of course, there's my website, MarthaBeck.com. Every Sunday on Facebook and Instagram, I do something called The Gathering Room, which is just a free half hour broadcast where I go on and just chat about things that are on my mind and ways to make your life better. I'm on Instagram as 
the Martha Beck, which feels very arrogant to me. There's another Martha Beck somewhere. And my friend made me put the Martha Beck. And, but that's where I am on Instagram. And yeah, I find the book on Amazon, Twitter. Duh, duh. See, I'm not good at social media like you are. I'm All like, of the places, what? right? That's what's beautiful about the internet these days. Yeah, right? And what's um, horrible. <laughs> true, true that. Oh, Martha Thank you so much. This was such a treat. And I feel like it was just this breath of fresh air and almost the permission that women have been waiting for to really just turn the dial up on the volume of their intuition so they can live in integrity. So thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy meeting you and talking to you, Jenna. I have admired you from afar and now I know you. Yes. Wow, what a powerful interview and and what a beautiful reminder for all of us to pay attention to our intuition, to really live in integrity and do business with integrity. And, And I think too, so many of us kind of silence our gut game. We stop paying attention. We follow the paths of the others who have gone before us even if things don't feel totally in alignment. And I love how Martha always brings it back to what you know to be true, what you want for your life. I think a lot about those four things she mentioned when it comes to yearning, the thoughts that we hold in the middle of the night. And I think that as we start to experience what this new normal is, I pray that we rebuild it in a way that helps us to feel those four things, to find more of that in our lives, to invite it in. I'm so grateful to be able to host conversations like this on the podcast, but I'm even more grateful that you get to tune in. So thank you so much for being a listener of the Gold Digger podcast. And if you loved today's interview or any of the past shows, if you have a moment, would you take a second and leave us a review? I read them every single week and it sets my heart on fire to continue doing this work so that we can land in your earbuds wherever you find yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 